brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 365 and our 10th full season of the podcast. Today is Sunday, May 7th, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hamilton and Curtis. And guys, in tonight's show, we'll discuss this unsuccessful week, the decline of the starting pitching, and Dansby's continued struggles. But first, we sit down with the founders of baseballism right after this quick break. I'm very happy to be joined by the founders of baseballism, Travis, Jonathan, John, and Kalen. We're here on the day of the grand opening in the new store at the Battery Atlanta. And guys, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So guys, I want to start with the origins and where this all began. I know that was the University of Oregon. Can someone walk me through how you got from that campus to where we are today? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So we... Um, we all played club baseball together at the U of O. And being in Eugene, it was more of a, a football town. They didn't have a D1 team at the time. So we thought it would be great to start a baseball camp. We really wanted to have a positive influence on uh, the youth baseball scene in Eugene. So we started Baseballism. Travis found that the uh, domain was still available, so we bought Baseballism.com. We created the logo that, um, if you're familiar with the brand you've seen before, it's baseballism with a, a drop bat for the eye. And so that was our camp shirt. And it was, the camp was very popular, um, and we ran it for a couple of years. Uh, and then we graduated. But after we graduated, uh, we, we got attention for the shirts. Um, over three or four years, people ask, where would you get that shirt? Where did you get that shirt? Baseballism, that's pretty cool. So after a five-year hiatus from the camp, we all circled back and decided that it would be great to make a run of these shirts and um, sell them at a uh, batting cage in, in Beaverton, Oregon. And so Travis made a run of like 48 shirts, and we put them in the batting cage, and they sold out in a week. So we thought this concept of casual baseball or designer baseball T-shirts and apparel, um, we think it's a real concept. And so we launched uh, a Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter was successful. Um, and then in December 2012, uh, Baseballism.com was born. So let me ask about the Kickstarter. I, did, I cheated a little and did some investigation before we got here. I saw a Kickstarter out there that raised $14,500, 104 folks joined in. Was that the Kickstarter? That was the Kickstarter, yes. And, and what did it allow you guys to do? Well, basically, originally, we wanted to run camps and kind of give back to the game. And that's what we originally started as a baseball camp. But after we sold the shirts and people were really digging the shirts, we were like, let's, let's, let's be a baseball designer brand and let's give back to baseball that way. And so we launched our website, uh, started doing designer shirts, and it kind of just steamrolled. And so now, now we like to give back to baseball another way by selling shirts, and then we get maybe a dozen emails a day on, from youth baseball teams all over the country 
asking us, hey, can you donate shirts for my auction? We're, we're more, more than happy to help out all the time. So the first baseballism shirt that sold was that baseballism logo with the with the with the bat. Okay, um, what was what was the next? What were the next few that started to roll as you know as as you started up the business? So from that baseballism logo, we thought, hey, we need an iconic image. Um, that's not a word, uh, more of a symbol of baseball in America and kind of what we're all about. And we came up with the flagman logo which is the silhouette of Babe Ruth's swing carrying the American flag. And it kind of portrays everything what we're trying to do with the brand. You know, it's, it's America's pastime. It's a historical, traditional sport. It's the oldest sport in the United, professional sport in the United States. And so we wanted to kind of portray that and honoring the game and just really doing the game justice with our apparel. So the, the, the Babe Ruth logo, I think, is interesting because I think that, like, you guys have started this baseball company with no major league licensing, correct? But you do have two licenses. You have the Babe Ruth logo and then also something from the major league movie. Um, do you plan to get any other logos, and how interesting was it to deal with the, with the, with the Ruth family? So, yeah, I think we're not, we're not um, against uh, licensing Major League Baseball or other, other teams in the future. Right now, I think we're really trying to do kind of our own thing and, and our own creative designs. So we're kind of maybe working in slowly. Um, we're, not, we're not opposed to going down that road. Um, so your question about how, how was it to get the licenses that we have. So actually, we have a very good relationship, I think, with the, the, the Babe Ruth family and, and they're the, the, the law firm they used, the, the license. So we have a kind of an open uh, relationship with them. It was actually not difficult um, to strike that deal, um, and I think it was amicable on both sides in terms of how we reached that agreement. The, the Jobu licensing for Major League, I think that was – um, also, a relatively uh, easy kind of process. I think they liked our concepts and they liked the design that we had, and uh, we've built a relationship I think, over time with them. And so, I think we're going to take that that Jobu shirt and, and actually do some other SKUs with it. We're going to do some socks and um, potentially expand it in other ways. But it's 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 relatively it's not difficult to to do licensing if you do it in the right way. Um, and you know, again, I think it's a small part of our overall business, but it, it could potentially one day maybe be a bigger part. So you guys have four brick-and-mortar stores, right? Um, in 2017, why brick-and-mortar stores when I bet you could sell everything online? And we're doing that successfully before you open them up. I think the way uh, retail has progressed is, is big boxes shrunk and brand experience stores are really what's important because you can sell everything online. So you have to ask yourself, why would somebody come into a store when they can just buy it on their phone? Well, a lot of people want a brand experience. And our fans, I would consider it a cult following. And so our stores are a place where they can all come together and experience the product. And a lot of, a lot of men will buy things online. A lot of women will buy things online. But 95% of retail is still purchased in person. So to be able to have a store in the Battery or have a store in Cooperstown or Scottsdale and have a baseball fan come in and actually experience the brand is really important to us. All right, so last question, guys. You're all, you all went to University of Oregon. Are you all Mariners fans? What, what professional teams do you all follow? I'm a Pirates fan. I am originally from Honolulu, Hawaii, so I didn't, I didn't really grow up with the team. And that's kind of how this brand really started for us is because we just love baseball. I mean, these guys are from Oregon, and, yeah, Kalen likes the Pirates because his father's from Pittsburgh. But for the most part, we never really had, you know, an automatic team. Here's, here's the, here where we go to watch a game. 
uh, we just play the game and we love it. And that's kind of, you kind of see that through our apparel. I like to add to that too. Travis is right. We, we all grew up in towns where there was no major league team. And so we come at baseball not as fans of Major League Baseball, but really as players and as coaches. And so we hope, and I, I, think, I think that our authenticity bleeds onto our apparel. We come at it for the love of the game rather than for the love of the team. Okay, guys, thank you for your time. Good luck, and we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks. It. Thank you. So, guys, while the Braves' social media arm did not inadvertently share any pictures of sex toys nor were any of the star players suspended from the team and forced to miss a start. The Mets eventful weekend. If you don't know about the sex toy thing, Google it. It's well worth your time. It was not a good week for the ball club. The team won one of six games. And while the offense struggled at times, it was made all the more glaring with the much more bad than good performances of the starting pitchers this week. So the starting pitchers gave up. These are earned runs this week. For the Mets series, six, three, and five. That was Julio, Dickey, and Cologne. And then for the uh, St. Louis series, seven, four, and four. That was Fulte, Julio, and Dickey. So there was one quality start this week. That mm. was Dickey giving up three runs over six earned in the Mets series. That was the one quality start this week. That was the only win of the week. I mean, our number one and number two pitcher, Julio and Cologne, they had three starts this week, two for Julio, one for Cologne. They gave up 15 runs over 15 innings, so a cool nine ERA for the week. Can we really call Cologne our number two pitcher? Do we have to? I mean, just because he pitched second? Cause it- well, I mean, so I, when we, as, as we continue through this, you know, I want to ask you guys, how would you rank them now? Or if you could reset the, the If you rotation. could reset it. Yeah, if you could reset the rotation, what would you now? But as it stands now, I mean, he's number two. You know, he's in that order. Um, so Julio now stands at an ERA of 469 and an XFIP of 540. Cologne has an ERA of 627 and an XFIP of 466. I mean, guys, if the top of the rotation stays with this trajectory, it is going to be a long season ham. What do you make of this mess so far? Uh, it's just horrible. I mean, you know, just to add some, you know, fuel to that fire. Other than the Mets, we were the worst pitching team this week. So we had a negative point four WAR. That was the second worst. Uh, Three ten batting average against a seven point three zero ERA. Uh, the Mets had the worst. Our, we had a, a two, almost a two WHIP. Um, and and this was. Our relievers weren't horrible. Cole Mentor was horrible. O'Flaherty was horrible. But Mate, Mott, Mott. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I want to call him Mate. Uh, Ramirez, Jim Johnson. It's his first year in the league. I understand. This him. guy, you know, <laughs> I want to make it special. I want to make it my own. And then I also want to hear from people on Twitter that I don't know what I'm talking about. But, um, I mean, they you were. You do. Thank you. I th- wait. Um, so I think. Um, I don't know what to say, right? I mean, it's it was just like it's the it's the worst fears that we had. We always thought, okay, okay, Cologne, Dickey, we're just treading water until next year. We're just getting people to eat innings, and we had talked ourselves into no, 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 no. Garcia was you know could be great, and this is Fulte's year, and Tehran is an ace. He's not just a an ace because he's our best pitcher. And you see weeks like this and you're like, oh, God, 
this could be horrible. And then, like you said, if Freddie has a week where he's hitting under 200 and Marcakis is hitting 200, it's going to be it's going to be a very very long season. I mean, Tehran. Um, I guess that's my question to you guys because this this was asked of us, and there was a bit of an argument there. Is is Tehran an ace? Yeah, that's the thing. Don't refer to Tehran as an ace on Twitter. Twitter gets very angry. Well, I mean, I think a case could be made <laughs> that an ace wins that Mets game because of all this, you know, Syndergaard getting hit, um, going on the DL, all the stuff they were going through, um, him owning them. But he uh, he was horrible this week. I mean, his, his ERA, ERA was 8.18, 15 hits given up. Um, 313 average against walking a lot of guys not striking a lot of guys out it was a horrible week for him and i don't know i mean everybody has bad weeks but it didn't feel like an ace-like performance to me this week. well look i mean there's the there's the bumgarner kershaw sale you know strasburg you know the really elite guys and then there's the level beneath that of aces And then there's Julio. I mean, he's sort of in the third level, right? He's not truly a major league baseball ace. He is the ace of our staff. Yeah. As poorly as that reflects on the staff right now. Well, and he has ace-like moments, right? No, Julio can be dominant and has been great. It has not been that case this year. But he's not an ace by major league baseball standards. Yeah. I don't think. And it's worse for him at home. You know, I mean, Julio's slash line at home this year, four starts, 310, 406, 494. Away, it's three starts away, 212, 289, 227. That was two games in New York and one in Pittsburgh. The, the you know, the bad news is that Julio and Fulte, the future of the starting rotation, they have worse splits at home um cologne dickie and garcia are actually all better at home than they are on the road good thing they're only here for a year yeah and aren't that good to begin with yeah. better and is, good a, thing is we're, a relative uh, term yeah and good thing we're moving into a new stadium next year <laughs> yes that's gonna fix all this um curtis what what do you see going on here I I think it's regardless of sort of glimmers of hope that we have seen uh, from time to time, it's it's pretty evident that currently the way it stands, we have the worst pitching staff in baseball. And it, it uh, you can go through these numbers. Ham threw a bunch out there. Um, the home ERA is six point oh nine. Yeah, which, yeah we, we are last in the NL in, in, in uh, ERA. And you wonder if. When they were constructing this stadium, I mean, clearly they had to take into account the dimensions and what they were going to mean. But I, I wonder if they had any idea. And honestly, they, they're they obviously too far along in what they've done with their farm system. But, I, it, you know, are they going to have to re, start recalibrating how they construct a team to play in SunTrust Park uh, based on what's happening there? I mean, they uh, they gave up. 16 hits to the cards after they gave up 20 hits to the Mets, which is the first time since 2002 they've given up 16-plus hits in consecutive games. They gave up 15 doubles in back-to-back games, the first time in 
franchise history they've given up that many doubles in two games. Uh, they've got the like you said, they've got the worst ERA, the fourth worst runs given up, the sixth worst earned runs. I mean, it's on and on. They don't strike anybody out. Uh, the average against them is second worst in the league. The whip is third worst in the league. I mean, every single number. They have the oldest pitching staff in baseball, which certainly isn't helping. And it kind of goes back to the point I made a long time ago is I get that they claim that they want and what their objective was was to be more competitive this year and make a team that maybe they could squeeze to 500 and be in a in a playoff run. But at what point? do you start bringing young guys up and start getting them some major league experience? And I know it's so early in the season, but I mean, I just don't think it benefits them. And obviously they don't want to go through what they did with Blair and Whistler and those guys last year, but you have to start giving some of these. Otherwise you're in the same situation next year, except you don't have old guys getting shelled. You have young guys getting shelled. Yeah. Except Kurt, it's May 7th. It is too early for one thing. It's not like anyone's knocking on the door and to bring up, Let's say you bring up Blair and Newcomb, all right, and you jettison. I mean, they're not jettisoning Cologne, who's making a ton of money. Let's say you jettison Garcia and Dickey. I mean, what what we're dealing with now is going to be much worse. You're going to kill the bullpen. You're going to lose 90 games. It's it's too early to bring those guys up. In, well, in but August, it can't, you know, can't you start some, giving them experience. But can't somebody, you know, have some sort of mysterious thing that happens to them? They pull a quad getting out of the shower or something, and they've got to go on the DL for a couple of weeks. And we let Lucas Sims come up and pitch for two weeks or something like that. You know, I mean, can't we find a way? I'm not saying that we supplant some of these guys, but we've got to give some of these younger guys some experience. Because I think right now the to. Braves are terrible. And you're, you're going to have a situation where you next year where if you bring these guys up, they're not going to. And, and so basically what you're going to have is you're going to have 2016 again, where you've got a bunch of young pitchers that are going through the motions of having to learn how to be major league pitchers. And maybe they get drilled and they're playing in apparently what's a bandbox yeah, baseball but, stadium. I mean, Curtis, I'm, I'm with Steve here. I think I think the biggest thing we have to do is recalibrate our expectations for this season, thinking that. It's 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 foolish to think that we're going to be competitive this season with this or five well, or you, five or you guys you guys have to recalibrate that I I never thought we were going to no be you this did year. I mean they, I did not I said they were going to win like seventy two games mm, all right but it's true okay fair enough fair enough but I think those guys I, I I don't think I think when we get to August and September is when you bring those guys up I still think there's there you know Sims and Freed and all those guys need they're not quite ready and if you bring them up now i don't think you're actually i don't think it's what's best for the team well i'm not saying dip down to like double a i don't think you got to go that far but i mean you do have guys you got lucas sims you got sean newcomb they, i mean they're they're in triple a now whistler i think whistler's done i mean yeah. you know you've got to kind of move on from him blair what did you say steve blair's era last week is yeah it was in, in the eight yeah I mean, let's see what the next sort of two guys have to offer. And again, I'm not saying, I mean, clearly they're not going to supplant anybody. They're not getting rid of these guys there because they would, they would have to admit that they failed and, the, and it's only May, like you said, and they're not going to do that. They're going to sort of let's see this process fold out. And I mean, maybe we have a good week and then we'll next week we can do a show where we're excited about, Hey, look where they've turned. Thanks well, and, and, and you, you Kurt, can count I, on that. You know, yeah, I do want to say that it's been, Two really bad starts from Cologne. It was two bad starts in a week from Tehran. It's not like the starting pitching is lost forever. It could turn around next week. It has been a grim 
uh, you know, a couple of weeks from the starting pitchers and particularly glaring to get such awful starts from Cologne and and Julio. But um, it, no, it, it's not time to, in my opinion, to just throw throw a couple of these guys away and start bringing up kids who may or may not be ready in May. Fair enough. And and I'm not ready to say that it's the launching pad 2.0 either. It's absolutely. I think that you know. In two, I saw something tonight. Probably Grant McCauley. Um, in 2016 at the TED, home runs were given up every. I don't know. It was 22 or 25 at bats, and it's like every 30. I'm, or I'm sorry, every 36 at bats at the TED, and it's like every 22 or 25 um, at SunTrust Park, but. Let it get hot and humid and get into the dog days of the summer. I'm not ready to proclaim that this is just how the park plays. And maybe our you know, I, I want to see the whole I don't want to see the whole season. And maybe Tehran could could be a little bit better. I mean, Tehran gave yeah. up. He gave up three homers this week. He'd given up two in in March and April. He gave up 10 earned runs this week. He'd given up 11 in March and April. So right. Unless he is injured, then it shouldn't be this way for you know yeah. for all the starts now and i also think it goes i mean last week i i said a lot about ender that as goes ender so goes the braves and and there was a lot of stats that backed it up but ender hit over 400 this week uh it's freddie as goes freddie so goes the braves right and freddie was hitless the first two cardinals games yeah i mean he hit help. he finished week 176 one homer just did nothing um yeah. so it's all freddie yeah, the, the team war right now is minus 2.1. Yeah, it's not good. Kurt, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. All right, guys, next up, Dansby's struggles continue. But first, a quick break. So, Curtis, a few weeks ago when Dansby was at about 50 at-bats, we discussed his rough start. But we said it's too early for concern. And let's check back, check back when he hits 100 ABs. So Dansby hit 100 ABs at the conclusion of Friday's game. So let's check back on the numbers, right? So heading into Sunday's action for the season, Dansby was at slash line 150, 225, 220. In his last 50 at-bats, his slash line is 154, so a little bit higher average, 262, higher on base, and 212 slugging, so lower. So his walks have increased. He's hit only singles and one homer during this period. Not a, you know, not a single double over these last 50 at bats. His BAPIP is still low at 200 over that time. So, are you guys worried yet about Dansby, Curtis? Well, I mean, I know that people think I'm the negative light in this show, but no, I, I, I want to. I, I do. I, I'm worried, and I, I'm I'm really torn about what they do with him. Um, his batting average going into today's game at SunTrust Park, the bandbox, is .086. He's three for thirty-five at home. He's four for one. Uh, he's batting one hundred three with runners in scoring position. So. I, I just, you know, I, I I thought that the move to eight would really help him out. Maybe I know they've given him a couple of days off here and there. Maybe give him a week off. I just don't know. I I, I clearly I don't think it's to the point where they're going to send him down to Triple A, but 
you feel like if it sort of continues, if it's 200 at bats, if it's 250 at bats, and it's still sort of this point, I think they have to consider that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely nervous. I, I, I think that he has all the talent in the world and it's just going to be a matter of turning one corner and everything's going to be there for him. But yes, I'm, it's, 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 it's definitely been a struggle for him and, and it, it's something and, and it, it's probably their fault that they built him up so much and put his face on everything and made him such a focal point of this and being back at home, you know, five seconds from where he grew up and everything, all that stuff. So I can't imagine the pressure on the poor guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, he I, I still think he's such a vital part of anything that the Braves are going to be able to do going forward. So we need him and um, they need to figure out a way to just sort of take some pressure off him. Yeah, I mean, the counter to that, right, is the bad luck argument. And Grant McCauley had some good stuff about BAPIP today, saying that if his if if his BAPIP was league average 300, his batting average would be at 240. He also talked about stack cast and the, you know, exit velocity stuff. Line drive, the Dansby right? is, yeah, yeah, well, but exit velocity specifically, the Danby, Dansby is second on the Braves with 19 balls put in play with an exit velo- velocity of at least 100 miles per, per hour. So the other three guys that have at least in the teens number of balls hit over that, you know, 100 miles or more, that's Freeman, Kemp and Flowers. Their batting average on those balls is like in the 800s. Dansby's batting average on those exit velocity uh, balls are is 474. So, again, it's more bad luck. My concern is so it was bad luck at 50 at bats. It's bad luck at 100 at bats. At what point, you know, do you really, really worry? Right. Is it 200 at bats? Like you said, Curtis, 400 at bats. At some point, it stops being anything, but he's just not hitting. Well, and, and bad luck. Sorry, I don't mean to jump on your hand, but but bad luck can be corrosive, too. You know, I mean, where you think, God, I'm never going to get a break. It's like that can start to weigh on you, too. So maybe that's playing a role in all of it, too. I mean, if he is leveling off and he is the bat exit speed and all that kind of stuff, the BABIP, that the numbers are portending to something better or that he's getting bad luck. But, you know, certainly that'll weigh on you as well. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't change the fact that he still hasn't figured out the sinker, and he's striking out a lot. Hammy? Well, um, I mean, I would be worried if, and the DOB had a great article on him today, and just all, all of this, and that he's got the support of the whole team, right? Um, and they're all behind him. And I guess, you know, what else would they say? But Nick Markakis was really behind him. It sounds like he's got a really good head on his shoulders. So I think emotionally, um, I, I don't think... I think he's sort of insulated against that 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 bad luck being corrosive to his attitude to some degree. Um, I think it was unfair expectations put on him, you know, putting him as the guy who's touring through the ball uh, through the clubhouse at SunTrust and all that kind of stuff. And that's a lot to put on a young guy. You know, Snitker says that most minor leaguers get a thousand to two thousand at bats, and he got a fraction of that. So we are seeing. In, in light and, you know, in the shadow of all those expectations, him him learn, right, and him take his lump. So I think um, maybe our expectations for him were too high. Uh, he certainly fed that with such a great fall last year, and, and we really yeah. thought he was going to be great. But I think, you know, I'm not worried about him yet. I, you know, maybe in 200 at-bats, 300 at-bats, there are positive signs, right? Snicker said after the first 
halfway through that he'd noticed that Dansby was not, he was swinging for power and he wasn't using his hands, which was a, a big key of his success. Um, or, you know, he wasn't focusing on his hands as much, which was a, a key to his success last year. He corrected that. Um, yeah, he and, went back and looked at Vanderbilt tape. Yeah, and he's really been working. Exactly. And I think he's been working. Uh, these things take time. The pitcher's adjusted to him. They've got film on him, and now it is his turn to make adjustments. There's positive signs. His OBP is up over 100 points between his first 50 at-bats and his second. Um, his OPS is up over 120 points. So he has you know eight walks as opposed to two walks. Um, so he's, I, I think he's contributing more, which is going to make him feel better. He's scoring more runs. Uh, I think it will come for him. Um, I think he spoiled us by how quickly it came for him last year. Um, and I think that um, I'm not ready to, obviously not ready to give up for him. And I think that I, I think it, he will continue to improve over the next hundred at bats. All right, guys, let's move on to shot in the dark, our predictions for the coming week. And we'll start by looking back at last week and our listener shot in the dark from Macaulay on Twitter, who predicted that Freddie would lead the National League in home runs by the end of this week. He ended this week tied for third with 11 after hitting two home runs this week. All right, guys, let's look back on our predictions. So, Hammy, you predicted that Tehran would go 15 or more innings, giving up four or less earned runs. Mm -hmm. Good week for that prediction. Yes. He went 11 innings. <laughs> yes. 10 runs. Yes. That's not that many more than four. No. All right. Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Curtis, you picked the other awesome starting pitcher for yours with Cologne pitching seven innings and giving up two earned. He went four innings and gave up five earned. <sighs> I predicted that the Braves would hit at least one home run in each game this week. I lost the first two games. I was on a roll. Uh, they did not hit a home run in game three against the Mets. Uh, against the Mets, that is. Ah, the uh, Mets. Uh, sticking uh, Mets. <laughs> the Braves ended up hitting homers in four of the six games this week. All right, Hammy, what do you got this coming week? So no winners. No winners. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. No um, winners. We're starting May. Zero, yeah, zero, just zero. like just like the Braves. So yeah. uh, this week I'm going to ride Matt Kemp. Uh, I, he, uh, I predict that he hits. Over hey, he's in the best shape of his life. No, he he is. probably carry. He could, and I need I need someone to carry me. Um, Matt Kemp hits over 375 <laughs> with two homers and two doubles this week. I like it. I like it. Curtis, how about you? Um, I'm going the opposite direction with the Braves this week. And even though we've sort of vacillated between good weeks and bad weeks, I, I don't like the looks of this week in particular. But it's uh, time for a good week. The it is time for a, good week. for a good week. And so I'm giving the old uh, reverse psychology here. And I'm thinking that the Braves are going to be outscored this week by 20 or more runs. Eesh. Prove me wrong, Braves. Nice. Thank you for the sacrifice, Curtis. Yes. yes. All right, my, my shot in the dark is that the bullpen gives up two or less earned runs the entire week. We shall see. All right, folks, don't forget to get your shot in the dark in before first pitch on Tuesday. Remember, the Braves are off on Monday. And if we pick yours, we will discuss it on next week's show. All right, guys, let's look at the week ahead and our predictions for the week. So five game this week, five games this week, all on the road. Two against the Astros, three against the Marlins. Here are the pitching matchups. First is Cologne against ex-brave Charlie Morton and his 3.97 ERA. All right, guys, Charlie Morton trivia. 
Which Uh-oh. will be a new weekly segment. Okay. Ooh, we're going to really bring the listeners in. Yeah. Um, what year did you pitch for the Braves? Anybody? Um, I'll say 2006. Yeah, I was going to say that. So I will go 2007 just to yeah. not have the same guess as Kurt. Close. 08. <sighs> that was the only year he pitched. I thought he pitched a couple years. It was only was he, one year. Uh, Nate, Ma- Nate McLeod? Is it the yeah, Nate McLeod? he went to the Pirates. That's right. That's right. Yep. That he was he, Gorky's Hernandez. Gusta, like Gorky's is, is a giant and like was starting the other night. All right. Next up, uh, Garcia versus Joe Musgrove and his 5.40. A day off on Thursday. Then the Marlins, Fulty versus Yin Chen and his 4.33. So Fulty returns to Marlins Park where he gave up that um, relief appearance home run. Uh, Tehran faces Edinson Volquez in his 4.71. And then we finish up the week, Dickey versus Adam Conley and his six. Point one two. Not exactly a murderer's row of starting pitching that we're facing this week. Nor at least. nor are our opponents. Well, <laughs> that is true. Uh, Curtis, what do you think they go these five games this week? Uh, With your 20 run. Yeah, run. I know. <laughs> five and oh. oh yeah. one, and, one and four. All right, Hammy. Uh, I say we go three and two, zero oh and two, and then three and zero. Oh, a, t- a two sweeps. One wow! Bad, one bad one, one good one. All right, yeah, I'll which go is, two. Which and- is which? <laughs> Sorry. So I'll go two and three. I just yeah. Although one and four really does seem more likely, but I will go two and three. Haters. Yep. Yes, All right, prove Steve. us wrong, Braves. Prove us wrong. All right, folks, that is the show. Remember. We are at our home of Blog Talk Radio, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find us at AtlantaBaseballTalk.com to access our shows, to check out our blogs, and to post in our comment section. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATL Baseball Talk and to like us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Had to make peace with my enemies, accept the power greater than my... When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.